back to Information Revolution, a podcast for people working with information. My name is Michael Upton. I'm an information management consultant in a little company called MetaTaxis in New Zealand. And I'm Judy Verno. Um, I also work for that little company in New Zealand and I'm an information architect. And I'm Carl Melrose. I work for Castle Point Systems in Canberra, but my views are my own. Not nice. So, um, in our last episode, we were talking about the failures of EDRMS, and uh, we mentioned Microsoft 365 a few times. It has come up, a bit of a hot topic, so we thought we'd do an episode where we just basically talk 365 head-on. So, um, I think to do that, we're going to have to assume a little bit of knowledge of how it works, but um, perhaps where there's kind of things that we think are beyond um, document management solutions, we might go a bit broader in terms of what we, uh, well, sorry, we might explain things a bit comes to those things. Who would like to kick us off? Well, I, I was just thinking back to what we were talking about in the last episode about EDRMS and thinking that um, although with less emphasis on the R bit, but thinking about it as a, a document management system, my experience of, share, of the early SharePoint so 2007, 2010, what was the next one, 2013, was all good, actually, just in terms of document management. So it was mm. really flexible. People liked it. You could set it up to, you know, generally suit the kind of workflows. And it was reasonably easy to set up the workflows, set up metadata that people would find, you know, suited to their particular line of business again um, within the overall company um, and then it seemed to turn to custard slightly uh, when 365 came in and there are all these other fantastic bits of functionality that you can use but then ah too much functionality almost I'm not saying that's mm. true but I think there's a view that it's certainly sprawled yeah, there are so many things you can do. There are so many different places. We talked to last time about, um, you know, where do you put your stuff? And in 365, there are so many places where you could put your stuff that it's become really confusing again. I mean, so I it's gone, gone from something that seemed to be relatively straightforward, nice and flexible, easy to use, to something that's become, as you say, sprawly. Mm. And and needing to be very carefully managed in order to make it successful, which it can be. But I mean, it, it's still, you know, for, for me, and it's just interesting. We didn't touch on it in the EDRMS episode, but you know, the 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 real failure point there, I think, if you're going to put you know put down the high impact kind of things you could do, if you could get control of creation, you know, you can yeah. you can make the EDRMS model work. You know, because it's really about that, you know, if there's only one place you can create your record or create, you know, create your information, then you can do a lot with that. I mean, that's the thing with Microsoft 365, you know, I mean, if, if nothing else, you can, you can get right down to the application level and you can say, right, all the people in our organization, you can only save things in SharePoint Online. We can only save things in, you know, Teams or what, whatever it happens to be. You can actually get policy control of that moment of creation. And I think that's a, you know, if there was nothing else in Microsoft 365 that, that was good, I think that little, I think that little bit of functionality 
um, you know, should make everybody in records management sit up and take notice. Whatever your view is about its level of compliance or, and, you know, I mean, these are, this is the field we work in, you know, it, it, it doesn't jump the bar. Um, but, you know, is it, the, the, the thing that I always like to like, like to get to on Microsoft 365 is, um, you know, I've always looked at the strategic power of records as being the ability to help people organize and manage their work. You know, it's something that started out as a, you know, records are an aid to memory, but, you know, then there are, there are how we communicate, they're how we organize ourselves. And it, it, that, that goes well beyond documents. You know, I mean, mm. one of my blog mm. posts that I wrote recently, you know, I was talking about how we, we focus a lot on findability, but we don't focus on something that I just termed presentability. There's probably an actual word for it, but, you know, that ability to take a specific piece of information and present it to someone. Right. Yeah. at a point in time when they need it. I'm sure there's yeah. a, a technical term for that that someone else has, you know, invented, but I don't know it. Um, but, you know, I see there's so much potential in Microsoft 365 for, for that. You know, I mean, SharePoint lists for me, mm. you know, they are mm. a great organising tool. You know, you just you, – and what are they? You know, really, they're, they're just, you know, metadata. Mm. You know, they're, a, they're a, you know, something significant and then some metadata associated with it. And, I mean, you can do so much with them. You know, you can drive. Who, yep. I think lists is one that's worth calling out. Um, you know, just quickly describing for people. So a list is essentially a like a superpowered spreadsheet and one of the key it's a register. Yeah, it's a register. It's absolutely a register. So two things about that. It doesn't need to be document centered. So you can attach documents to lists, but they don't have to be present. So for instance, you could be doing well, let's talk about registers. It could be an asset register, it could be a um uh, service uh, service request register. You could create a service catalogue of what your team does and as lists. You don't need to attach documents to those things. You can do it all with just data. And uh, one of a few things that are better than um, doing that in a spreadsheet is that you manage each row, if you like, of what you imagine in a spreadsheet. Um, so you get a data entry form so you can constrain and control how people put information in, which is way better than faffing with a spreadsheet and hoping that they put things in the right column. Um, and you manage each item. So each item can have version control. Each item could have a retention period if you wanted and so on. And so you can manage those things in the register at that level rather than, um, you know, just as this big, lumpy thing that's got 700 versions which is normally how a spreadsheet based register happens yeah so um and uh, i guess then that flows through into other functionality of 365 which i think adds to that idea of creating a kind of a um a, sort of an, a, a, a thing that helps people be organized i suppose in their day um is, is workflow so you can trigger workflow off um off the creation or the change in an item in a list um, I mean, you can do that straight off a document as well. Um, essentially, the document library um, basically may as well be a list, but it's a document-centered list. So, yeah, and I've, always... I've seen those lists work fantastically well for information mm. asset registers. I mean, mm -hmm. we've been, but right from the early SharePoint doing that. Um, yeah. And yeah, 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 as you say, you can use the form to store the information, but then populate the lists with it and make sure that things keep up to date. I've seen them used brilliantly well for um, OIA requests, all kinds of things. I mean, that that's really cool, flexible seen, um, functionality. I've used them to manage my own work 
lots of yeah. different things that I do routinely. <laughs> right. Honestly, they're brilliant. And, you know, we've got I've, I've lots of organisations I've worked in. You know, I've, I've used them with routines that we have as groups. You know, we get together and we go through the status of things and we manage the status in the SharePoint list, and yeah. so that people know where something is up to and they know whether they need to you know hit the panic button or not and because you can you know trigger power automate workflows off them you know you can trigger you know if you if you're five days out from something and you know a, a field hasn't been set to a certain value you know you can send everybody a reminder to say you're five days away from this and it's like okay. it's things like that and they're not and- they don't seem like recordsy things. No, true for a lot of people. But and they can be in the in the area, as it were, that you're working in as well. So you don't have to go somewhere else for this. Yeah, it can be it can be within your general workspace. Yeah, yeah, within but your SharePoint site or team. Yeah, yeah. And they also and they also raise the quality of the information that people are working with. You know, this is the thing that. You know, I, I keep coming back to, you know, records management, we've got to be raising the quality of the business information that people are working with. And, you know, taking something out of a spreadsheet and putting it into a, a list where you where you stop having to deal with all of those problems that people can copy it and move it and everything else, you know, does improve the quality of yeah. it. You know, being able to drive workflows off it and those sorts of things. I mean, it improves the quality of the, the records that people are working with and the quality of the records they're creating because you can constrain the input. I mean, there's uh, a very specific thing. I think you know, it was just such a such an elegant thing that made me so happy when I saw it happening. Um, way down in the detail um, is uh, Terry, if you're listening, thank you so much for this tip. Um, you can create uh, a separate list as your audit trail as well. So you can actually use the list and workflow functionality to push events into another list, which becomes your audit trail, and then oh, change cool. the permissions on that second list so that people can't mess with it. And suddenly you've got um, basically just a fully customizable view of what audit events matter for your particular um, situation. Um, and, and more generally, if you've got concerns that, oh, this might get a bit feral and out of control and we don't have the right order trail, well, there you go. Make yourself one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, but, and, but, but, you know, it, li- lists and then that a is, That is yeah. cool. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I yeah. Love it. Great, yeah. isn't it? Just such an yeah. innovative use of the, 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 the tools. And I think, um, I mean, one thing I would also say about this is that um, – uh, people also do joke that it's it's the new Microsoft Access database uh, as in working with lists. <laughs> and I think I think fair you know, fair enough in the sense that it's sort of this sort of in terms of we talk about the risks of shadow IT, of people being able to create their own sort of point solutions and um the risks around that are usually about how do you maintain that thing and how do you make sure that it's gonna not fall over, um, particularly if it becomes critical to your business. Um and yeah, okay, you know, that's fair. But in terms of how lists are integrated into the broader solution and how you can bring compliance controls to bear, like, um, you know, versioning and, um, and yeah, this idea of an audit trail um, that way. But, I mean, there's also the audit events happening in the background, 365. Um, you can apply retention, um, you know, so on and so on. Like, I, I think I think they're way less scary than um, an access database, which typically sitting on a shared drive was its own mm. little black box and, you know, from the yeah. outside, from an yeah, overview. Yeah. Uh, sorry, from an oversight perspective, yeah, they were much scarier. <laughs> yeah. 
I think that oversight point is also one that I want to bring up. Oversight in the sense of having sight of things, not oversight in the sense of, whoops, missed that one. Um, <laughs> and because even the things that stress me out the most, which would be to do with the amount of work you can do inside your OneDrive and the risks associated with that. So OneDrive being basically like your own supercharged personal folder where you can actually share out entire folder structures. So you could build your own empire of, you know, um, sort of a taxonomy, if you like, and then you could share that with whoever you need to work with and you could be working out of OneDrive, which has all those problems you'd expect in terms of... um. Uh, you know, if someone leaves, then basically everything's associated with their account, so you could lose that information. Um, so, uh, sorry, even in that scenario, it's still in the same sort of, um, well, system. It's still in the same environment in which you can uh, basically manage risk by, for instance, doing searching, by um, configuring things like a sensitive information types which you can custom create to identify things that meet certain risk profiles sensitive information types is something where people typically think it's something security folks might do but basically you can say i want to build a set of criteria to identify certain kinds of things and i want to receive alerts when those things exist or i want to be able to go to a dashboard in microsoft purview and see those things when they exist you know th those those kinds of mechanisms exist for OneDrive where they did not exist for um, someone's desktop or, you know, someone's... Yeah. And, and, someone's and I want to label those work. things and stop people sharing them. And it's a control that actually works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. Um, that, yeah. And that is the thing, I, isn't I, it? I, I do think that stuff's quite hard and quite a lot of effort um, will need to be sunk into figuring that stuff out. So, you know, so it's definitely not... Definitely not starting this episode going, oh, you know, Microsoft's amazing and I freaking love it. But it's just... I, I'll be upfront that my agenda in this episode is to try and convey that I think it's a lot better than than where things have been with an EDRMS. And I think mm -hmm. part of why we probably ordered things the way we did is because you have to be honest about where things are at in terms of an EDRMS mm -hmm. before you start going, well, there are these problems with 365, but you need to be clear on, you know, A, what success looks like and what the kind of um, current state of play actually is in terms of EDRMS versus versus three six five, um, yeah. And I think I think the opportunity here, um, you know, is, is is so significant and so worth chasing. Yeah. Do you think any anybody out there is buying a new EDRMS now? Or is everybody going to 365, which seems, which is my perception of the case? I know some of the vendors are still producing up, upgraded versions, um, but you know, are they are they fighting a losing battle there? Actually, I I don't know. You know, I mean, and you know, I have to be a little bit careful because this is quite, very close to work for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but you know, I mean, I I still see people buying EDRMS systems. You know, I right. mean, and there's a there's a real the real question that people have around Microsoft 365 is long term, you know, because they are a little bit concerned that it is one of these yeah. systems that gets updated regularly, and yeah. you know that Microsoft have retired features. You know, they're about to retire um, wikis as as a feature that's in um, in Teams, so you won't be able to create those anymore. Um, and I haven't actually read them. I'm relying on the secondhand information here, but. Um, from what I understand, the 
the sort of path out of those is that essentially will it's will create OneNote files and you know because they're moving one they're moving to OneNote as the preferred tool. That's right. Um, so you know that they do and auto migration. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Yeah, but 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 so I mean, what what does that mean? So you know, th- there's lots of people that are really quite concerned, and you know, I mean, if you've got retention requirements for things that you know, like in medical, you know, fields and you know, lots of other places where you've got really long-term retention. You know, I, I, people are really concerned about, um, yeah. but just both the 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 mutability of the content. You know, just keeping it on a, a, a cloud platform that you know they don't have some control of, and also the ability to continue to access that content, you know, into the long term. And I think that's you know, I mean, there's there's lots of they're, they're sort of standard EDRMS features, right? You know, they're one of the things that EDRMS was designed to tackle and actually tackles quite well. And I don't know that Microsoft have given us a lot of sense about what that stuff's going to look like. You know, I mean, it's interesting that you know everybody who was talking. Um, Microsoft and how it was compliant for about 20 years, you know, also ignored the fact that the longest retention period, I think, was seven years or something like that for metadata. And, you know, now it's 10 years if you buy the extended metadata retention license. But even then, you've got to pick what metadata, you know, you, you want to um, keep yeah. over that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, the, right. these things, it, it's, it's leapt forward in the last couple of years. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's still enough uncertainty that people are absolutely upgrading and investing in you know, EDRMS. Yeah. I reckon, Carl, you mentioned you mentioned cloud and passing. Like, uh, I think there's a whole conversation you could have about cloud and essentially, you know, uh, a really negative perspective is that, well, it's not necessarily negative, it might just be true, is that the government is basically outsourcing its information architecture, or sorry, information infrastructure, yeah. um, and, you know, basically putting it in other people's computers. And that's... Um, you know, there's really obvious um, risks around that in the, in the long-term view. Um, it's an extension of what's always been happening with um, um, physical records management where we outsource stuff to big providers like, you know, your Iron Mountains and whoever else, yeah, TIMG sure. in New Zealand. Um, but it, 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 there is added complexity when you're talking about cloud, I think. Um, but... <laughs> I do feel like it's a whole other topic, you know, like so. Yeah, I sure. Maybe I, I just want to know what's the game, you know. I mean, the thing that drives me crazy is that I see I see case studies popping up all the time of, you know, EDRMS, you know, agency moves their EDRMS from on-premise to the cloud. Yeah. And, it, yeah. you know, press release, you know, the, the, the press release, vendor case study, and, you know, so what? So what? Yeah. You know, what, what, what actually changed, you know? Uh, okay, it's good that, you know, it, it's a signal to other people using that system that, you know, you can move it to the cloud and it won't break everything. You know, someone else has done it. But, you know, qui bono, who benefits? You know, I, I can't figure it out. You know, if the, if the, if the you know, if, if capture rates are as low for EDRMS as, you know, some people are very publicly, you know, in regulatory positions have very publicly said that they are, they think they are. Um, okay, we've just moved it to the cloud. Well, so what? How did that improve? Yeah. Agency, <laughs> yeah. you know, how did that improve the quality Welcome of the twenty first century? Yeah. yeah. And I guess um, to come back to something you said earlier, Carl, about um, you know concerns about the direction of things. I mean, one of the aspects of um, potential benefit is uh, that a, a cloud solution ought to be um, more flexible in terms of. Um, so in the case of Microsoft, Microsoft can provide updates in a much, much more regular cadence than you would get with on-premise stuff. 
we've probably all been through that scenario where you've got some system that's been sitting there for ages and you know an upgrade could take six to 18 months perhaps you know depending on the complexity of the organization and integrations yeah yeah so so you know so so there is definitely a benefit there and i've seen i mean like some really fundamental things that i always thought were completely crazy about sharepoint we for instance um just moving and copying files like it's only been I don't know sure. how many years, but it's really sure. only been a few years that they've actually provided a public interface where you can move a file from um, one uh, site level, so you know a kind of reasonably high level container to another. Whereas yeah, that's you, true. The answer used to be that you drag the thing to your desktop and then yeah. you know delete the that one was from a nightmare. I've forgotten then, that. I mean, yeah. what? Like you know, and to I me know. that breaks not. You know, just at the DM level, not even the RM level. That was that was crazy. But of course, it's fixed and it works really smoothly now. Um, I mean, well, actually, I have heard some bugs, but <laughs> but for small amounts, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is just a little bit of, you know. I mean, I, I really, I think Microsoft three six five is brilliant, and you know, I'm I'm definitely on record as having said that. I just think there's so much power there, but. You know, there are just those little niggles that people have the little concerns that, mm-hmm. you know, particularly the, you know, I just, I do see just a little bit of concern from some of the, you know, from some of the agencies that really can't get things wrong, you know, um, yep. about, you know, loss and those sorts of things. And, you know, I mean, there's still just that question too for me about, you know, um, is are, are people actually backing it up? Because you know right. it is. Oh, the, right. Okay. I, I do. I do remember AWS. You know, or, and, and you know, for just to make sure I'm not defaming anybody, it may not have been. It may not have been AWS. It may have been another large cloud provider. But um, I do remember seeing something pop up on like Ask Technica or something like that, saying that you know, big cloud vendor has lost. Um, you, you know, loses. Um, you know, it was like 0.065% of, you know, one region of their cloud or something like that. And it was like 40 petabytes of data. And that, the businesses that were, you know, on that service, you know, it's just gone. And, you know, I mean, that kind of thing, you know, crypto locker and all those sorts of things, you know, ransomware and those sorts of things, you know, they've done that to on-premise systems in lots of places. And, you know, <clears throat> people do occasionally lose systems, but I think there is, a little bit of a concern for a lot of people that, you know, realistically backup, you know, should alleviate. Well, first experience yeah. with administering 365 was in a company where, yeah, we ran a third-party backup and just backed up the entire solution. It was very cheap. And, yeah, it's just it was just treated as an insurance policy. It wasn't that kind of file level of, like, oh, someone might stuff this up and we'll restore it. It's not about that at all. It was more... If our entire tenancy went to custard for whatever reason, could we mm. still access our data in a format that we could reuse? You know, put somewhere else. But I mean, it doesn't get away from the fact that there is so much there that just lets us get so close to the users and yeah, actually yeah. lets us help them organize and manage their work. And I mean, once you've got people organizing, they're managing, organizing and managing their work using, you know, something that we can apply policy controls to. I mean, all of a sudden, records just should become a, a snap. I mean, it should become easy. It should become easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, but... so Judy, yeah, Judy you, talked, you talked earlier about how you kind of felt that things had, um, like there was a kind of a dip when 365 functionality came along in terms of 
things sprawling and so forth. Yeah. yeah. Any further thoughts on kind of architecting, well, you know, I still architecting think, environments now? I still think it's I – don't, I don't think I've seen any particularly good implementations yet. Right, yeah. I th- and, and that's just me. And I've, you know, I haven't been traveling around the place as much as I did at one time. But what what does a good implementation look like for you? I think, well, we talked earlier about, or was it last week, about um, the tension between the records management and the users. I mean, my main interest is that the users are just being able to do their work and find what they want. And I mean, records managers, yes, you know, we've got to help them as much as we can, but I guess there are other ways of sometimes dealing with that, perhaps. But just thinking about it from a user perspective, um, I haven't yet come across an implementation where people felt comfortable that they were finding everything that they needed to find, Mm. um, or indeed were working in a space where they, how can I put this? They kind of felt they knew where they were, as it were, because I, I think one of my problems with 365 is is, is having that context to where you are, um, and quite often you can't you can't see further than the site that you're on, for example. The next thing you can click to, and yeah. And I, I think that that's an issue. I think it's particularly an issue that people don't know where things are stored anymore, like they mm. didn't used to know where things were before. Um, a particular issue of mine right now with a client is I know I've seen it. I mean, one of those four kinds of finding things, you know, you've seen it before. Um, and for me, I know I saw it. Where the was it? It was probably in the chat, and which chat was it? Yeah, is a is a complete nightmare. But I mean, it's interesting because yeah. we're getting back to the social routines around these things as well. You know, where and, do we put I things? Think, yeah, and I also think that um, things like not people not being in the office so much, um, you know, and lockdown and all that have also contributed to the sprawl of some of these things where people are creating, I mean, it's a small example, I guess, but like chats because it's the way that they can communicate with other people just to say, how are you doing? And here's a photo of my dog kind of thing, Um, which just adds to more stuff that we have to wade through to actually find. So there's six pictures of dogs, sorry, dog lovers, six pictures of dogs and then the document that I actually need in order to do my next piece of work, which I couldn't have found by trying to find it just by searching. That wouldn't have worked. Mm, and I don't know yeah. where it is on the, in the site. You know, Maybe it's not in the site that I'm working in. Maybe it's in some other site. And, but I can't even see the rest of the business. Yeah, so if, I, I'm, I think, um, if I'm interested in, in what the re- research guys are doing – I can't go look there. I have to search for something and hope I find something and then try and explore around that. But I really have tunnel vision imposed on me in this, you know, just in some implementations. I I 100% agree with that as as one of the real challenges is that I see so much benefit when it comes to kind of – you know, the opportunity to sort of architect or design or, you know, just deliver a reasonable 
kind of little um, bubble for day-to-day work, I suppose, you know, and it's, it's, it's acknowledging that there's also those other situations where, say, you know, say I'm new and I just want to understand exactly. kind of across the organisation, like what, Absolutely. what are people up to and where's the stuff about blah? Um, that's always been pretty crap in my opinion. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, always been a challenge in terms of understanding, you know, um, an EDRMS or, you know, or shared drives, good Lord. But I don't think that's got better. I don't think, you know, I think, I think that's still something where um, – if I were going to think about how do I invest effort in, or what should you invest effort into in terms of actual kind of del- delivering a benefit to end users, I actually think there's something about um, presenting a kind of some kind of an interface to people that shows them the extent of what you have because that Definitely. just doesn't show up out of the box. Like, yeah, it's one of the, um, like, yeah, it's one of those things where the tools are there, but it's just not how the thing works out of the box. So, for instance, I can't see across all SharePoint sites as an end user. I can't see all the sites that I'm allowed to view yeah. um, in a list or well, in you, some kind of you structure probably... unless someone builds it for me. Yeah. 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 I think that's really important and I think it's kind of – it's the extreme other version of of the um, the big bucket approach where all you can see is is the search box, you know, and you type your search in there and you've got absolutely no no – no idea what else is around um but i mean obviously you don't want to be able to see every other site immediately because there's probably you know six thousand sites actually i'm probably too low on that aren't i you know twenty thousand sites out there (laughs) and i don't but but some way of grouping things you know i always say the logical groupings that will give me a sense of what's where and then I can yeah, explore I mean, those bits. It's a taxonomy, you know, that I can drill so down into, be, you know, when I want to. And I'd emphasize, like, the features are there, you know. There's, you know, They're you there. Be doing I know this, they you are there. You could be doing this yeah. with, with hub site navigations. You could be doing this with actual, you know, pages. So I always try and push um, for kind of information records, folks. The fact that you can basically create your own custom web pages with whatever yeah. you want on them is an yeah. asset yeah. to it's fantastic. It's, it's an asset it's to fantastic. delivering structure to people. You know, creating those logical groupings. So that's another way you can be doing it. So it's I there, mean, simple. but you you have to create it, right? You have to put the effort in. But, but it's simple. worth it. It's really worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, but simple social routines around these things too. I mean, I. Mm-hmm. I you know, I mean, I, I, I there was little thought I had. You know, are we asking too much here? You know, if you want to find out what people are doing, go and talk to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the other option. You know, why, why, why be covert and go and trawl through their records to find out? Oh, what they're I see doing what you're saying. You can go down and say, "Hey, what do you guys do?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, of course, but, of course. But, um, yeah, yeah. but where, then you've got to walk seen... through the whole building, whereas you could just walk through one interface. And go, oh yeah, okay, so that's what they do, rather than you know miles through the building, <laughs> going, yeah. hey, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, but you know, get your steps up, get to know <laughs> people, you know. <laughs> but um, I mean, and you know, given the distributed way of working, you know, I mean, I, I, <laughs> you'd have to go you know, around everybody's with, homes and yeah, yeah, yeah. the that's door. Right. So, you know, you'd really get your steps up. Go to their um, desk, and it's the wrong day of the week, so they're not there. Yeah. 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 Um, but but you know where where I see it work really well is you know sim- simple routines and simple ideas. You know um, we have a project we ha- we have a team for every project and we add everybody from the project to the team. 
you know, and then when the project's finished, the team is finished, you know, or um, we have a we have a channel per case, you know, and I know that sounds like it could be a disaster, but I've seen it work really well. Um, and, you know, that, that channel becomes where we where we organize all the information for, for the case. And it also becomes the point at which we, if we want to have a chat about the case, well, we go to that channel to have the chat about the case and we tag people in, you know, whatever we need to do. I've seen that stuff work really well. But it's, it's, it's the social routines. You know, it's the thing I keep coming back to about all these things. The thing that actually makes them work is the social routines. You know, lists are brilliant, but, you know, lists, lists become orphan data very, very fast unless you've got a social routine around going to the list sure. and updating it and everything else. But that's, that's brilliant so that you know that if you want to find out everything about that case, you can go to that plate and find the documents and the chat. Brilliant. I feel like if we're talking about 365, we definitely do need to touch a bit on records. Like we're saying some stuff about it not being compliant, but I do want to emphasise that um, firstly, we were saying last episode how non-compliant EDRMS turns out to be in practice, you know. So, so you know, there's that in mind. But even in terms of thinking about what matters in terms of, mm. you know, basically retention and disposition or disposal, um you can put in place policies almost anywhere you like that will prevent destruction for a minimum period of time. And then you can put additional mechanisms on top of those that will bring stuff up for review. Obviously, it all depends on your licenses. There's heaps of caveats here. It's not as easy as I wish it were, but it's also such a broad scope of information compared to what we're used to with EDRMS that it's kind of no surprise that it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess what I'd emphasizes that um you know if, if your key concerns right now are around making sure that you don't lose information it's simple to put in place retention policies which are those really broad brush controls that can just simply say if someone deletes something keep it you know if someone deletes something put it somewhere else where we could review it later um, and so you can at the very least buy yourself time um, i think what will be really interesting is that probably this will continue to drive a situation where we're keeping more than we should rather than um, losing, you know, rather than losing information. Better that way around, I guess. I think so. I think so. And I don't know that that's much change from, you know, pre-365 because I think we were letting a bunch of stuff stack up on shared drives and things with no controls or we were putting some small content, some small slice of content into an EDRMS where people just didn't have capacity, you know, just records folks typically do not have capacity to actually run disposition or run disposal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of, I, I mean, Microsoft 365 for me just has the feeling of inevitability. It's not going away. No. Um, and, no. and I mean, I think it's so good that, and it, it gives you all of the things that you just described. I mean, I just, I don't see how you could be in, records management and not have it as something that you know you you wanted to use to get better control get better visibility you know all of those things just the fact that you know all of the document creation happens in things you can control with microsoft 365 i mean all of the email comes into the organization in things you can control with microsoft 365 i mean 
yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just bringing it, you know, back, we talked about social routines, we talked about information architecture all the time. Like, I think a lot of those things will be the constraints. For example, if I want to put some really fancy rules across email, I'm not going to have the right information in the email, probably to trigger those kinds of rules. So, you know, there's a bunch of subtlety there, uh, or, or at least an acknowledgement of where the work still is. The work is still in, um, you know, establishing good routines, establishing process, establishing tools that support the process, you know, yeah, and I don't think that will ever change. It's definitely not magic. It definitely doesn't just suddenly do everything for you at all. No, nothing, <laughs> yeah. nothing is. I mean, that's the, no. that's the all this stuff be, takes work. It would be interesting to see where Microsoft take it next. Mm, As we've do. said, it's changing all the time. So, yeah. yeah, that is something to be aware of. Yeah, I mean, some of the things they're doing with loop components, though, and those sorts of things where, you know, you're starting to, to be able to take, you know, one information resource and publish it in many places and have it all linking back to a single, you know, a, a single, sor single source of the truth, you know, where, a point where you are publishing from. I mean, I think are really hopeful. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that is the, the, the problem of every environment, you know. I mean, email kind of broke everything because, you know, oh, someone doesn't have that document. Well... We'll just email them a copy. You know, copies are cheap. We'll just email them a copy. You know, and and then you know, and then records got really hard all yeah. of a sudden. Um, you know, starting to establish some tools that don't require copies to be sent around. I mean, I think think that stuff's really hopeful in terms of the the direction things are going. Because I mean, I think Microsoft and everybody else are realizing that we can't just keep copying stuff and creating more things and. Been really eye-opening for me recently working uh, with a client who is using an older version of SharePoint on-premise, um, and realizing and, and working in a um, context where we're locked down, and I need to provide information to people outside of the site, the SharePoint site, um, and all I've got is attachments, right? All I've got is I'm going to send a copy as an attachment to, for instance, you know, the finance people, the IT people who can't see where I do my core work. Um, and I've always felt really nervous about the sharing links and things in SharePoint, I'll be honest, uh, sorry, in SharePoint Online, so in the new versions of uh, basically Microsoft 365, because it feels to me like there's all these risks around sending stuff out. Basically, um, people talk about Swiss cheese security, where you're punching holes in the permissions model by allowing these sharing links. But I've realised now, it's like, all right, well, if I go back to kind of an older way of working that I was used to, I was sending out controlled copies via email. And yeah. is that is that worse? Is that than any less secure? Or more secure or, you know? Yeah. God, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's amazing, isn't it? How how our perception of risk takes time to catch yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. It really does. Find to really send does. The whole document. Yeah. You know that, that anyone can send to anyone and print off, and you yeah, know, yeah. you know, wallpaper, <laughs> wallpaper in their office or on the local <laughs> bus stop. You know, depending on what they want. To yeah, yeah. You know, but well, we won't we won't send a link around when you know we can cut the link off. That's right. That's right. Because yeah, we're worried and, and, people might send the link to other people. Well, you know, we've sent the document. Let's send the document. Hey, guess what? Oh. The link is audited, and you know, you can, as you say, you can cut it off. Like you can privilege uh, control it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you reduce the, the risks of like you know accidentally sending stuff. Well, you, if you send stuff to the wrong person, the worst thing is that they might be able to see that link if you don't configure it the right way. But you know, compared to sending an attachment to the wrong person, then they can definitely yeah. open it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. I reckon we've gone long enough on that one. <laughs>
Um, there's certainly heaps more that we could say, and there's no doubt, uh, you know, to Carl's point, I just feel like there's no way we won't continue to mention Three Six Five in, in terms of yeah, the information sure. revolution they were in. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Once again, very interested in what people have to say uh, in terms of your reactions to this. So thanks, one and all. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Bye everyone. Now.